Back to consuming the craft podcast. This is Puff. I've got a very, very special guest. Guest. <laughs> I haven't even started drinking yet. A guest. Uh, and you just gave me a great piece of advice. And anybody else that's going to be on a microphone, uh, Tony, why don't you introduce yourself? You're with Outsider, master's degree, uh, originally from Mexico. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. I want to get to all of it. But that being said, you're like the best advice you got about talking about a microphone was what? All right. So. Once upon a time, someone told me at the studio, think of the microphone as your grandma. So, you know, she might be a little hard of hearing, so you have to really project and enunciate well, but you don't want to be like yelling no, at no, your no. grandma, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like the microphone is your grandma. So every time I get in front of a microphone, I just think of my grandma. Abuela. <laughs> Abuelita yeah. Carmen. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. So um, wh- where are you from? Uh, how did... It, it, okay, so... International student, first of correct, all. Correct, correct. I'm excited for you to be here. I'm excited for you to start this fall. Uh, you have this passion uh, for, for brewing and, and all things beverage. Um, but how did you get here? How yeah. did you find AB Tech? Oh, man. It's been it's been a long, long trip. So, it's been a trek, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah, been yeah, all yeah. over. Yeah. So I am originally from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. Um my full name is Anthony Ray Jaques Moreno, but people out here call me Tony J. But which uh, which I will be calling you as well because yeah. I'll slaughter. I mean, my <laughs> accent is 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 terrible. But um, I left Tijuana when I was 19 years old with a student visa to go to the University of Nevada, Reno. Okay. And and what I, did you study? Uh, I studied mechanical engineering there. I did um, four years of a bachelor's there, and then I continued on to do a master's degree in mechanical engineering at the same school at the same school correct, oh nice, correct. nice. Yes, so you yes. have a <laughs> you have a master's degree in mechanical engineering and then what'd you do after that so after that we moved to the east coast um you i say st- we me and my wife my okay. wife and myself yeah okay. yeah shout out way, smasha we well, yeah, way yeah. better than you deserve okay yeah, gotcha yeah, yeah. <laughs> um we moved to the east coast to maryland because uh, she had a job offering uh, from John Hopkins, the applied physics lab. So she was like, should I take this? I was like, duh, of course. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. sure. I was like, I'll find a job, you know. Yeah. Um, so I ended up in the patent industry. So essentially a mechanical engineer working in patent prosecution, which is just a fancy way of saying getting a patent. You know? Sure, sure. Um, and I was doing part time at Howard Community College, teaching just like an intro to engineering class, which was super hands on, super fun, like yeah. 3D printing, Arduino, um, proof of concept, you know, like just taking something from like an idea, a, yeah, an idea like, yeah. into like an actual project, like physical project. So that was super cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, but I, re- I, kind of realized that I was just spending too much time sitting down or behind a computer and I didn't really vibe with that too much. And then during COVID, it was like even more because everything was remote. So you you say that and my dad gave me a piece of advice a long time ago. And I want to share this with you because you shared the one with when you get a desk job, your butt goes to your gut. You sit down too much, man. You just, there's a complacency and you know, I, that's why I got this new standing desk. And although you came in here and caught me sitting down, (laughs) that being said, you know, I understand where your headspace is at because that doesn't work for everyone. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, when I was in Frederick, Maryland, uh, that was the first time that I thought about maybe switching jobs or careers 
and someone's like hey man like why don't you just join the industry like you love talking to people just work behind a bar for a minute and see if you like <laughs> something you know yeah <laughs> and i just looked and i was like nah i kind of like being on the other side of the bar yeah. you know like just drinking and talking to people instead of having to deal with them after they've no, been drinking I, no, I, I get it man i get it <laughs> but um at some point i took a leap of faith you know uh we ended up moving down to alexandria to virginia just because we wanted like a change of pace and check it out you know yeah. be closer to dc and i started applying to bartending jobs uh, i started going part-time at my previous jobs and they weren't super happy about it but i still had a job so that was okay you know yeah um, but yeah, at first it was really hard cause I didn't have any service experience. So like, I feel like people looked at my resume and they thought two things. Cause I, I never got anyone to reply to me. Like I, I probably applied 25 places and not a single <laughs> response. So I think they probably thought number one, this guy is a square that cannot talk to people cause he's just this engineer that's <laughs> never wait, worked in the industry. It, you know, a master's degree in engineering can, it can be very intimidating to a lot of folks. For sure. A hundred percent. Or I also thought that maybe they thought that I applied to the wrong job and they're like, Oh, this just, this isn't it, you know? Yeah. Like, so they didn't even he like hit me back up. So it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to hit someone up on Instagram. Yeah. So I slid into the DMS of house six brewing and Ashburn shout outs, house six brewing. Um, it's a Boricua firefighter EMT owned brewery, amazing people. And they gave me an opportunity, you know, but I will never forget. As soon as I walked in, I saw the production floor and I was like, Oh yes. No, that's, that's, that's engineering. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can apply everything yes, I do to that. No, that's absolutely. awesome. So I was working behind the bar but I was always asking questions and I was trying to figure out how things worked and why we did what you did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, so then they started like asking me, Hey, like, do you want to like shadow like Eric? Uh, Eric was like my first mentor when it comes to brewing. He's the first person that ever did like a, like a brew with me. You sure. Know? Sure. Um, so that was super awesome. I started to learn slowly. Then I transitioned to working at port city brewing, uh, and Alexandria and that's definitely where I kind of earned like my grit, I would say, just because we worked like, like it was a lot more volume, you know, yeah. I think just under 20,000 barrels a year. So I was doing behind the bar and also uh, packaging. Okay. So, you know, packaging is... No, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. that's engineering too. Yeah, I mean, those they, are the warrior days, I would say. You, you know, know <laughs> those are the unsung heroes of every... A beverage facility for sure because they're not going to let us drink out of their fermenters you've got to get put it in a bottle <laughs> can or keg right exactly. so those those the folks that work on the packaging line shout out to all of you uh that work and toil day in and day out to get that stuff in my belly exactly and that's where i learned i think about trying to go out and reach out for like either mentorships or um, diversity uh, funds or sure, essentially sure. like free education that you could get. Yeah. Um, so Leon Harris was one of the brewers that looked at me. He's like, dude, you should apply for this uh, DEI Brewers Association mentorship. Mm -hmm. So that was like the first kind of like, um, I would say extracurricular that I yeah, did. Yeah. Ed educational move forward. Correct. Sure. Correct. So I was able to, to do like a rotation um, with five different people in the industry uh, and then they give you a stipend at the end to c do continuing education. Nice. Um, so that was pretty awesome, you know. But Alexandria was a little too pricey for us. So no, we were I, only yeah, able no. to last a year there. Sure. Um, but we knew that we we would uh, 
we could be considered for first time homeowners. Yeah. So we ended up like starting to look around places mm-hmm. and eventually landed in North Carolina. Funny. Yeah. Funny how all that works. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to be by the coast, but my wife was like, do you really want to be close to the water with like natural disasters and global warming? And I was like, you know what? You're right. You do have a point. Hurricanes come up occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she, like I said, way better than you deserve. Yes, she's, correct. She's brilliant. <laughs> so um, we looked at the mountains and I was like, oh, Asheville. Like surprisingly, I actually hadn't heard much about it because I was so like ingrained in that like DMV culture, like sure. DC, Maryland, sure. Virginia. So everyone's just talking about the beer over there. Yep. Um, but I was like, oh wow, like brewing. There's so many places here I should apply, you know? Yeah. So eventually uh, got settled here. We live like borderline Alexander, Lester, you know, kind of okay. like rural area, really pretty. Um, it's gorgeous up it's, there. You know, it amazing. really is nice. We live right next to the Watusi farm. I always talk about them, but they're the African cattle with like the, huge, the huge horns. horns. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like less than a mile from our house. So that's like our walk during sunset to <laughs> nice. say what's up to the homies. <laughs> um, but when I got here, I started applying to a bunch of places as well, but I didn't hear anything back. Like that was a very interesting thing to me. And I was like, well, maybe like jobs are scarce or scarce and they're kind of like trying to keep it internal, you know? So, you know, I didn't take it personal, but one day I woke up and I saw this job posting that had 15 hours. It was like 15 hours ago. I was like, oh, what is this? And it said, we're looking for someone that wants to do production in front of the house. And I was like, dude, that's all I know how to do essentially. (laughs) You know, like that's me, you know? Yeah, 100%. which later on turned out to be Outsider Brewing. Big shout out to Outsider Brewing and Woodfin. Yeah. Um, and definitely just fell in love with the vibe, fell in love with the place, small batch, uh, single barrel system, um, IP system. So, yeah. you know, there's uh, like a magic of working with your own system and then figuring out your own kinks as you keep working with it. Yeah, you know? all of that intellectual property that you guys have established with that. It's a very, get on the website and check this thing out because it is a super, super unique way to brew beer. It yeah. really, really is. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we uh, we definitely were just trying to bridge that gap between the consumer and the product and like truly showcase, like everyone's like, oh yeah, grain to glass, grain to glass, right? But it's hard to picture it and see it when like the mash ton is like all the way in the back. Well, and it's, it's you know, 300 barrels big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's stainless steel. You don't yeah. really see what's going on. No. So it's a lot of disconnect. And I feel like people think that they know. And it's kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. I've seen all the brewery no, tours. It, you K- know? Kaylee's been on the podcast too. And she's, first of all, she's phenomenal. She, oh, yeah. she just did a great job. And she was, you know, expounding on all of the things that they've kind of put together over time to, to make you know, the centerpiece of that brewery educational facility. So they can, you guys are doing as much education as you can to anybody that's coming in, which I think is amazing. Correct. Um, Getting back to education. How did you find AB tech? Cause you just luckily landed here and, and yeah. So um, I think right around the time I moved to North Carolina, we, we were talking, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to formalize my, my brewing education. Sure. You know? And I found out about MJF, Michael Jackson Foundation. And phenomenal, phenomenal foundation. The, the writer, Michael Jackson, not the dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of uh, yeah, the, the, you know, and, and uh, I was lucky enough to meet Garrett Oliver through that and, and uh, talk to some folks there. And so you applied for that scholarship? Correct. I applied for that scholarship. Um, it's BIPOC oriented. 
And they're essentially trying to like bridge that gap in diversity that we are currently finding in the industry, you know? Um, so for someone like me, I was like, well, I'll just give it a shot, see what happens, you know? Um, I remember I didn't hear back for days. And then one day I just got an email like, hey, like, you know, you've been selected, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? Like, that's amazing. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, you know? uh, even more amazing, you chose to come here with that scholarship. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, for that. And I'm, I'm excited to, to have you back there and learn and hands-on. I mean, you have a, a bunch of great experience. Uh, we'll see what we can do to add to that for sure. Uh, aside from, you know, that, what else, what, what are you looking forward to most? Because one of the things that we do is our, our program is very, very hands-on and it yeah. seems that's, that's what you love. You, you, you want to smell, you want to taste, you want to do. Uh, what are you most excited to learn about? So honestly, I am super excited about the distillation part okay. because it's something that I feel like I kind of know, but I've never done necessarily. It, it, it's like, okay, so I use this analogy all the time. It's like you can read a book on how to drive a car. That Correct. doesn't mean you have any idea what you're doing out in traffic Absolutely. behind the wheel of a car. So come here, practice, smell, taste, and do, and then you can uh, you can you know, figure out what you want to do from that. But with your mechanical engineering background, I mean, you're going to understand the equipment for sure. We'll teach you the chemistry. We'll teach it. You're going to love the math part of it already. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm also very excited to, cause the production facility that you guys have for yeah. brewing as well is just phenomenal. I mean, just the lab itself, all like the <laughs> tools that you guys have. So I'm super we, excited to we, work yes, with that. You we, know? We've been very, very lucky to have the support from AB Tech to, you know, to get, a 10 hectoliter system to get this uh, 100 gallon hybrid pot still uh, where, you know, we can run through four plates. We can run through all 16 plates and make neutral spirits. So we, you, you guys you, have a canning line. We have a, yeah, no, a canning <laughs> line too. So you're going to, you're going to look at that seal. You're going to look at, you know, tearing apart a can and making sure that that's, uh, that's within spec. So, you, I mean, there's a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we start to, with baby steps, but you know, by the end of the semester running, we, we st we'll actually brew 13 batches of beer your first semester here. Awesome. I'm super and, and the excited. Way, and the way we do it is we break it down into, you know, right now your cohort's filling up really quickly. Yeah. And we'll, we'll each group will have a base malt. And so you're going to make a beer with base malt, whether you've tasted two row, six row, uh, Munich, Vienna, um, you know, whatever base malt we've, we're looking at, you're going to make a beer just with that, almost like a smash beer, single malt, single hot beer. And then the next week we're going to add a uh, caramel grain to it. Mm. And then we're going to do a 10, 20, 40, 60, 80. So you taste that and what that number translates to in your palate. And then we'll do specialty grains. Then we'll do adjuncts. And then we're going to start messing with water chemistry. And then we'll start messing with uh, single variety hops. So what we do the first semester is try to like develop that palate mm -hmm. and then trying to put numbers with what's on the bag to what to what it tastes like because not a lot of people have had an opportunity to kind of experiment with that absolutely you, you get to places and they want you to make the beer they're making and, I, and that's it that's the job I yeah mean, yeah it's underpaid janitorial work and i'm gonna you'll probably hear that a lot from me yeah um, but you don't see a lot of sad faces at breweries man i think it's super important to have that too like i think from even just an engineering standpoint like someone gives you like a number yep. right like whether it's pressure, temperature, whatever. To understand. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can visualize and quantify that in your head. It makes so much more sense. So if like someone's like, oh yeah, we're doing like 20% this and 80% that. I think it's so good to have that sense developed in your head. Like, oh, this is what's, what it's going to taste like. It, you it, know? So when you start developing your recipes later on, uh, like the second semester, you're like, you know what? I remember tasting caramel 40 versus caramel 60. 
And I like Carmel 40 more. Mm. And that's the one I'm going to bring in my place. Or that's the that's what I'm going to write my recipes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like that flavor more. And it makes sense, right? Absolutely. Y- yes, you're brewing for you, but you're also brewing for other people. I mean, you can clone a beer, but that beer's already there. You want to you tweak it a little bit. You want to make it your own. You want to put your stamp on it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think something super interesting here about North Carolina that I was really appreciative to is the axis or the amount of ingredients that you can acquire locally so that's no yeah, yeah. So amazing like I, I just interviewed riverbend malting company brent from riverbend and yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. great podcast uh it'll be out i think before this one but uh no it was fantastic and so that that they are working with local farmers and they're trying to yeah it's super cool on what's happening it really really is um and you know you live up by addison farm winery even correct yeah and, yeah, and, yeah. and jeff up there is fantastic uh we've got an intern working there now and he's loving it up that's there. awesome yeah so we you know when we say beverage you're coming from this beer background we're definitely gonna you're gonna be making wine you're gonna be stomping grapes at some point with your feet i'm super excited for that <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah it's a fun day it's a fun day because if you've never had grapes squished between your toes someone probably just puked as they were listening but uh, it's <laughs> it's what happens man it's a fun you know, right now that we're talking about this, I don't know if, if you're on Twitter or not, but... So I just got Instagram for the Craft Beverage Institute. i am got a Facebook page now for the Craft Beverage Institute. We are actually, as you can see, the new setup in the new office, the bar's here. Yeah. And we're going to be able to have a YouTube channel. That's so, awesome. So we're, we're expanding. We, we've gotten kind of some allowance to, uh, to make that happen and, and buy... Uh, this first semester, when you guys start in the fall, all of that stuff will be full running and you'll be able to not only hear us on a podcast, but you should be able to go to YouTube and watch us. Uh, you'll be able to follow the Instagram and the Facebook stuff. Cause we're, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, you get a little peek behind in the window cause you're here this, uh, this summer, but I'm going to have basically have somebody in your cohort mm-hmm. kind of be your historian. Okay. Kind of, you know, document your process or your path going through, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the program. program. Yeah. 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 So you like the days you guys are brewing, Hey, this is me and Tony, we're brewing, blah, blah, blah. You know, you'll be able to kind of document that thing through and it's going to be, um, kind of opening up the world behind the curtain back there of what we do on a weekly basis, as far as the hands-on learning, the smells, the taste, uh, some of the other things that we're going to be uh, putting in front of you this next semester. Yeah, absolutely. Like the reason why I was asking about Twitter is because beard Twitter is like super active, you yep. know, like you have some great writers out there and a lot of like great discussions happening. Um, but something that recently has like become a craze is people talking about like terroir and beer. No, you know? no, no. So, so I was talking to Brent um, from from Riverbend yesterday. So we, I, this is really cool. We've actually taken uh, some of their single grains, not necessarily from single farms, but single varietal grains. Like Avalon is a species. I love Avalon so, Pale, by the way. We've brewed with that, and it's amazing. So, so I made a single malt out of it. And then we made a single malt out of Calypso, mm-hmm. and we made a single malt out of uh, another grain that they had, and we we. Actually, we did the same thing with their Hickory King corn mm-hmm. and their Cumberland corn. And we sat and we drank those two uh, spirits yesterday. And the, the difference between them with 70% corn as the base of this bourbon mm-hmm. was it was just night and day. I mean, everything else was the same. The rye was the same. The barley was the same. Uh, the fermentation pitching rate. I mean, all of that stuff was basically the exact same. And those two bourbons, that those two uh, spirits coming off the sill could not be more different. 
just because of the amount of, uh, of the species of corn that was in it. For sure. So, so we're going to get to do a bunch more of that too uh, coming up in this next semester because he was very, very excited about some of the other, th- we couldn't talk about it online, but he was of very, course, very excited yeah. about some of the other grains that he was, uh, he was procuring. Um, and we're going to be kind of looking at that moving forward, uh, more experimental, like being able to take something that's new, figuring out how to manipulate it into uh, a beer or into a spirit or, uh, you know, into an RTD, some sort of ready to drink kind of product. So yeah, yeah, yeah we, that was a cool, cool experiment. I, I probably, I was overserved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was just so good. It was, oh, man, oh for sure. So, man. It was, it was, it it was great. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It happens. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. So how do we get more students like yourself? How do we find you? Yeah. So, you know, I try to do my due diligence with my own personal page and trying to always share all of my stuff in Spanish because it's, it's my first language, right? But I feel like that'll definitely help to reach those international crowds, you know? Well, and an underserved community in the craft beverage industry, sure. as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I mean, and there is so much, I mean, I personally feel very um, connected to like all the ancestral like drinks essentially you know so like the fermented drinks um something that i'm i've got some posh for us to drink later <laughs> i no 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 really? i've got a great story about it we uh yeah so i was approached by this guy posh uh, is a is a mayan drink from the yucatan yeah yeah, yeah. A very very ceremonial um and they were i, I met <laughs> long story short we ended up getting a a paddle that a shaman in a village used to stir their ferment. Oh, wow. And so we actually isolated three yeasts off of that paddle. Wow. And then replicated from their recipe uh, with sugar from that region, with corn from that region, and some other things that I can't talk about. Um, and we fermented it out and we distilled it. And then we had it speed aged down in the Fletcher facility at yeah. Two Trees Distilling Company. It stuff is brilliant. I mean, it's really, really good. And uh, we're, we're excited about that story and about telling that story yeah. uh, and about what Posh is. So hopefully as, as that kind of the, the research that we're doing here on those three yeast kind of keep going. Yeah, man. We'll see what we can come up with uh, over time. But, yeah. But I'll, I'll yeah, it's, it's in a jug in the back. I'll let you try that today. It's, it's super be, cool yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. man. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's... Uh, it, it you know I've got like goosebumps because it's like this is going back to the ancestral yeah of, like, of course we took that paddle and found these three and isolated three yeast and that's really what is you know people can get corn people can get them the base materials on this yeah. stuff but that that's what is making it super unique for that region it's so yeah. important I think for instance I'm I'm from the northern part of Mexico right yeah so like in the northern part of Mexico we like the closest to that for us is Sotol. Yeah, you know? I love And Sotol is amazing. Like, I mean... A different plant. Yeah, com- completely. Completely, yeah. Out the of the desert agave. Spoon. Yeah, desert yeah, spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my dad, when he was a young and he's from Zacatecas, but he ended up moving to Durango, Coahuila area, which is that part of the desert where that uh, species that plant, grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, like back in the day, I used to just ride my bike and my, my dad would send me with his like jug to like go get... Essentially, more soto, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was essentially it was dirt cheap, like it was almost free. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, my my dad would be like, "Hey, you're gonna roll up, and there's not gonna be anyone, and you just have to kind of yell someone's name, and then like everyone will come up, you know, and they'll like pour you straight into this garrafa, is what they called it." Yeah. Um, but 
it's been really interesting to see Sotol like blow up as of late. Yes. My dad still used to get it sent to him to Tijuana in like plastic bottles. And it was just like, oh yeah, this is, he's like, it's just Sotol, you know, it's just like our, our common. It's what we drink. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what we drink, you know? So um, I later found out too that we have uh, Maestro Sotolero Jaques, which is like a relative of ours. And I told my dad, I was like, dude. Why didn't you tell me that we were making <laughs> alcohol? I would have like gone to it straight, you know, like I would have been like, oh, I, I had want to take do that. this giant <laughs> path all the way around yeah, to get there. Yeah, yeah. And it's in now, you know why you're here. It's in your blood, man. For sure. You can't. Uh, my uh, my great grandfather uh, saved our farm in Iowa by making moonshine underneath the stairs. It's been oh. in my blood. It took me a while to get to the industry, but now I'm here and I've, I'm never I can't leave. Yeah, I, for it, sure. It's, it's, it's ingrained in my being. Yeah, uh, and so that's no fun. pun intended, right? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, really funny. Um, well, how can people find you uh, outside our brewing company? I know that you do a lot of things outside of brewing too. Yeah, keep yourself very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me brewing at Outsider Brewing. Uh, our handle is Outsider Brewing on Instagram. If you want to just follow, you guys made it really hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> really cryptic. If uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Tony J TJ because I'm from TJ and my initials are TJ. Yeah. So um, I also make uh, hip hop in Spanish. Um, so if you go on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, Tony J with a period like your, uh, um, but yeah, Tony J dot or Tony J period. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, um, holler at me, say what's up. I'm always down to chop it up. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really thankful to have stumbled upon such a cool place. I, I, you know? I am super excited for you to be <laughs> here because uh, I'm excited to learn what you know. Uh, I'm excited to share the the knowledge that we have here. And we're just, uh, yeah, we're going to make some stuff. We're going to we're gonna drink some stuff and then we're going to taste some stuff. And, and you know, we're going to ruin uh, alcohol for you forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing I wanted to say is... If you are listening to this and no one has ever told you that you could have a different career path like brewing, distilling, uh, wine, just any of the cool things that people don't talk about when you're growing up because everyone's like, oh, you should be this or you should be that. Like, go after it. There's literally no one stopping you and there's only people that want to help you like succeed and achieve your dreams. So, you know, I'm fantastic advice. That's fantastic advice. Um, and I can't wait to see what you get into after you graduate because oh, I yeah. think it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I can't wait for uh, you to start in the fall. And I can't thank Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms enough for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Danny's done some amazing things for us to head down to his farm. Uh, and uh, some of the apple juice, I mean, some of the stuff that he grows is uh, specifically as blackberries. Uh, I big probably, shout outs, big shout outs. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, Tony. We'll see you in the fall. I can't thank you enough for being here. And uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers.